And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Today I want to speak about a mother that's not often speak, spoken about in the Bible. Her name is Rizpa, R-I-Z-P-A-H, Rizpa. Our text will be coming from 2nd Samuel chapter 21, but just bear with me for a while. Let me introduce the text. Rizpa is not often spoken about, but she's a very powerful female. I think she leaves for us in the Bible a representation of what intercessory prayer looks like. Her name, Rizpa, R-I-Z-P-A-H, means her name has two meanings and you hear me very carefully because i want to talk a little bit about the meaning of her, of her name her name first means red red hot coals and it also means pieced together put together properly she was the concubine of king saul she wasn't his wife she was a concubine how many of you have heard of Rispa before? R-I-Z-P-A-H. A lot of preaching is not done on this account. And I think we miss out because there is so much to learn from this particular account or from this particular female. A lot of commentators seem to think that she was a very, very, very attractive lady. That's why King Saul saw her. Regardless of the number of wives he had or concubines, he said, I want her. The king said, I want her. And keep that in mind. Because as we speak about Rizpa, there is a spiritual, a spiritual application that I think that's missed. Amen? The king of kings, let me say, when he saw you, he said, I needed you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, her name meant red hot coals and also pieced together. She had two sons. Later, David put to death, King David put to death her both sons. One name was Ammonai and the other was Mephibosheth. There are two Mephibosheths in the Bible, not Jonathan's son. Paul had, uh, <laughs> Saul had another son called Mephibosheth. Amen? Why did David had a two son killed. I'll tell you why. Quickly, we'll get to the text, but I want to give you some background. Because Saul had slaughtered some Gibeonites. David did this to avenge what Saul did. You see, Joshua had entered into a covenant with the Gibeonites. Saul became king and he ignored the covenant. But God didn't forget the covenant. And so because Saul ignored the covenant, you see, we may forget, but God doesn't. When you give your word, God expects you to keep your word. Let me say that in English. When you give your word, God expects you to keep your word. If we had more people doing that today, the world would be a better place. 
Because your word is your bond. And so when Israel got into a covenant with the Gibeonites, God expected Israel to reflect his character. But there was a king, King Saul, ignored the covenant and abused the, the Gibeonites. And God said, since you did that, I'm going to withhold rain from you, rain, for three years. Three years, there is no rain. Scarcity, nothing is growing. And so David went to the Lord and he said, what is happening? I did you to tell me why there is no rain. He inquired and the Lord said to him, this is the reason why there is no rain for three years. He said, because Saul abused the Gibeonites. And so David went down to the Gibeonites and he said to them, what can I do to atone for Saul's wickedness? Which brings us to our text. Listen to what they said. I'm getting to where Rizpa, Rizpa sons. She's been called Rizba, but it's Rizpa, R-I-S-P-A-H. Second Samuel chapter 21. Can you go to verse 4? David went to the Gibeonites and asked them, what can we do to atone for Saul's wickedness? And listen to what they said. And the Gibeonites said unto him, unto David, we will have no silver nor gold of Saul. They said, now Saul is dead, but he left an inheritance. And they said, we don't want any silver from Saul. We don't want any gold from Saul. Nor do we want anything from his house. Can you go to first some? Neither shall thou kill any man in Israel. Do not kill any man in Israel. But this is what we want. And he said, what shall I say then? What will I do for you? They continued verse 5. They said unto him, The man that consumed us, and that is Saul, the man who killed us, and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from the remaining in any of the coast of Israel, this is what we want to do to that man's family. Let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us. How many of you have heard an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth? Let seven men, seven sons of his be given unto us and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul whom the Lord did choose and the king said, I will give them. David said, if you don't want any gold or silver in Israel, if you don't want any man in Israel from any other tribe, but you want seven sons of Saul, sons or grandsons, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give them to you. And the Bible says David gave them to the Gibeonites, and they hanged seven men. Is it hanged or hung? Okay, thank you. Seven men. Hear me carefully, brothers and sisters. Two of the men they hung was Rispa's son. The other five were sons of Micah. When Saul got mad with David, he took David's wife Micah. And he gave Micah to another man. That man had five sons with Micah. David took these five men. <laughs> David is something else. He took these five men. Plus two sons of Rishpah. And gave them to the Gibeonites. And they hung these guys. Now hear, me, now hear me carefully. I'm going to read the text. Because there is a lesson in there. I want you to see what Rishpah did. Now after they hung the seven men. The seven sons of Saul. The Bible said God answered their prayer for rain. The land was healed. I know some of you are looking at me very serious. Back in the old days, one man had a lot of power. 
All the king had to do is this and you're gone. How many of you thank God for democracy? <laughs> thank God. It was never God's intention for a man to have all that power. All that power to one man, especially if he's wicked. A lot of wickedness will be perpetrated on the people. And so this, what I want to bring to your attention is Rispa's reaction to the death of her sons. Because I want you to see in there a message tucked in there to mothers from the Lord. By the way, I'm here to talk to you on the topic, mothers, we need your help for real. Let me say that again. Mothers, we need your help for real. The community needs your help. The world needs your help. There is a deposit you can make in a child's life that a father can't. And I need you to believe that. You're going to see it right there. If every mother would rise up as risper, this world would be changed. Let me read the text. This is what Rispa did when she was told that her sons were dead. Hanging in Gibeah. Verse 7. But the king spared Mephiboseth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath that was between them. Let's jump to verse 8. But the king took the two sons of Rispa, as I said. Amen. Rispa, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bare unto Saul, Ammonai, and Mephiboseth, and the five sons of Micah, I just told you I'm reading it now, whom she brought, and they gave them to the Gibeonites. And notice, notice verse 9. The latter part of verse 9. And they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together and were put to death. Notice when they were put to death. In the days of the harvest. In the first days in the beginning of the barley harvest. That is between March and April. Amen. Let us look at verse 10. Let's look at Rispa's response to the death of her sons. We're talking about sons who are dead. And Rispa, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock. From the beginning of the harvest, she did it from March to April. Amen. Until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beast of the field by night. She went to where her sons, her sons were hanging. And the Bible said she spread sackcloth upon the rock beneath where they were hanging. I'm talking about dead children. Mothers, our children are alive today. I want you to see what a woman is doing for her dead sons. If a woman can do that for her dead sons, how much more must mothers do for their children now? You don't have to say amen. You can say ouch. We have a generation of children who are angry. We have an epi there is an epidemic, and the reason why a lot of children are angry is because we as parents, and I'm talking about mothers and fathers. Didn't I say I would send you some? Those of you who are not mothers, I would also send you something. Here it comes. <laughs> we have a, a generation of kids who are angry because they were not given what they were supposed to receive from parents when they were brought up. 
Are you getting? You hear me? They're angry because they were not loved. They were angry. They're angry because they, are, they were not. I. You supposed to look at your son, your daughter in the eyes and say, "Mommy loves you." It doesn't matter what the world tells you. I love you. Well, I, are you getting what I'm saying? And there, that that kids grow up without that, and now they're angry at daddy, angry at mommy because emotionally they were not fed. I know I've met them and I've asked them and they said to me, they've said to me, mommy disappointed me, daddy disappointed me. When I needed that support as a child, home was not safe. I went to home and I was scared. Your arms, mother, your arms when opened, your arms should be the safest place for your child. Let me say it again. Your arms open should be the safest place for your child. It doesn't matter how old they are. You bring them in and say, this is the safest place you'll ever be. And you tell them that. And you eyeball them. And if you haven't done that, you call them. Now they're gone and they may be mad with you. Call them and tell them, I messed up. I'm sorry. My arms should have been the safest place. It was not. You know, I've recommended that for so many individuals. And many of them who've done it came back and say, Pastor, it's amazing what I'm sorry would do. When you tell your kids, I am so sorry, I made a mistake, it breaks them down. It's like putting hot coals of fire on their head. All that anger just evaporates. But some of us are so proud. Can I say proud? Yet we can't, we can't, it just cannot come out from our mouth. It just cannot come out. And then, and so the relationship is still sour. Mm? They know, they know you're not perfect. So don't behave like you are. Well, let's see what Rispa did. So the Bible says, the word sackcloth means she tabernacled there. She made her dwelling beneath her son from March to February to November to December. She, it wasn't one night. Almost eight to nine months. She's there by herself. She's saying, my love for my son is going to cause me to sacrifice. The king will hear of me and he will give my sons a proper burial. <laughs> Oh God, I give you praise. Are you getting it? These are dead sons. Not a lot children who are alive. If Rispa would tabernacle on a rock for eight months until the king, King David heard of what Rispa did. We'll read it in a while. And he said, oh my God, I got to put her sons, her sons down and give them a proper burial. Let me tell you brothers and sisters, she's looking at her sons. She's looking at dead dreams. We are looking at our kids, they are alive and well. And if she can sacrifice that much for her dead sons, how much more can should we do? I'll go through it in a while. I know I haven't got time. As I said, I'm never out of wood, always out of time. Are you getting what I'm saying? I need us because I need mothers to realize society. Don't let society tell you what you can and cannot do with your kids. No, you don't know. They told Rispa. She was there by herself. Nobody came to join Rispa. 
but the, her love for her kids constrained her to go into deep intercession. <laughs> uh, many commentators said God talked to me. The answer for every mother, every mother to correct whatever they've done in the child's life. Right there, whisper. You know our problem. Our problem is our mouth. We eat, eat, eat. <laughs> Not whisper. Whisper. When her children were in trouble, she went. Not for nine months in the wilderness on a rock, sleeping day and night. When the buzzards came, she got up. Can you imagine? I want you to imagine Rispa in your mind's eye. She's by herself. No Domino's pizza. No Papa John's. No, what's, what's the others? No hungry howies. Howies never came around. They said there was no howies in the vicinity. Are you with me, saints? But nevertheless, she's on the rock. And she's, she's coming out. She's, she's tired. She's weak. But anytime she hears the fluttering of a buzzard, she comes out swinging. And, and keep in mind, by the time David heard, it is eight to nine months. By that time, the weather, the hot sun of summer has withered the flesh. I'm making a point here. The smell from her son's body. And she's every night. It, you see, what I'm saying is, when you decide to fight for your kid's mother, it won't be comfortable the smell of the body uncomfortable but her love for her kids constrained her to do the right thing and I'm asking your mothers those of us who are here today can you take a lesson from Rispa you are not powerless you can change the trajectory of your child's life by engaging in deep intercessory prayer I quoted earlier on by the way I was, I was just Breathing, taking a little exercise, taking a little strength back. Amen. <laughs> I was just breathing. I gave out a little life. I needed some oxygen. <laughs> you hear me very carefully, saints. I want you to hear with me as I walk through this right here. Rispa, the daughter of AI, took sackcloth and spread it upon the rock. And I want you to see there are parallels here. Parallels. The rock represents whom? Psalms 118 says, Psalms 118, I think it says somewhere here that uh, it says that the rock that the builder refused. 118, 12, I think, becomes the, became what? In the Old Testament, we are told the rock is the Lord. Peter told us in 1 Peter, I think, uh, 2 6, the very same thing. The rock. Yeah, do you have first? I think it's first Peter 2 6. I'm, I'm making a point here because I want you to see. Yet, yeah. first Peter chapter 2, verse 6 or 5 or 6. Uh, somebody can help me. I want to show you that the rock is referring to somebody because he began talking about the rock and he said, Him. You got to notice how when he switches. Yeah. Yeah, he said, thank you, first Peter 2 6. Wherefore also it is containing the scripture, behold, I say, I lay. In Zion, a chief corner, that's what here means rock. Stone means rock. Elect, precious. Notice what he said. The rock turned into he. Lord. And he that believeth on him. Sorry, the rock turned into him. Shall not be confounded. 
So the rock in the Old Testament talks about God. New Testament, Peter is talking about Jesus Christ. I get what I'm saying. Well, we are told in First John chapter 1, hear me very carefully. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. So Jesus is the word. Rispa. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point. Rispa, she tabernacled on the rock, on the word of God. And I'm telling you mothers, when you start interceding for your children, you need to get the promise in God's word that talks about how God is going to deliver for them and you stay on that rock. <laughs> you stay on the promise of that word. And you don't give up. You don't relent. You don't give up. You don't relent. Because the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 1.20, in him all the promises are, yes, and amen. God, the Lord, will deliver when you stand on the promise of God when you intercede like Rispa what we need today we need mothers who have mothers who are like Rispa who are tenacious who know how to get into deep intercessory prayer I think it's I think it's James chapter 5 verse 14 it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails what much it brings results it has to be effective it has to be fervent I told you her name meant hot coals it has to be hot you see nowadays we don't believe in hot prayer are you with me you see after the pandemic everybody got cold the pandemic came and took out the heat from about beneath Christians and oh my god it's like it's like there is no power and I'm yawning God is still there He's still there. Are you with me? This is what Angel Gabriel told Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 37. All things are possible with God. That's what he said. Rispa knew that. Mark 9 23. Jesus told the man. If thou canst believe. All things are possible to them who what? Don't let the pandemic snuff your belief. You fight for your kids. Are you with me? You tell them what you expect. I love you. Mm -hmm. Tell them I, I love you. Mm, you are wrong, but that doesn't define you. You are wrong, but that doesn't define you. Daddy, mommy will always love you. And will always fight for you. Mothers, Bible scholars seem to tell us that this story here, God moved on the heart of Samuel to put this story in there for every mother to know how to fight for their children. You are not helpless. What you need is to pull out your sackcloth. Are you getting what I'm saying? What you need to do is find the promise and stand on the rock like Rispa. Let's see what else she did. Can you go to, let's go back to our text. Let us see what else Rispa did because there are many parallels in there. So we said she stand on the rock. You got to stand on God's word. And Rispa, the daughter, she, at the beginning of harvest until the water dropped. They're talking about uh, in, this is, this is referring to nine months after they were hung upon out of heaven and suffered neither. She, she, what was she doing on the rock? 
she was preventing the birds, the buzzards from picking at the flesh of her sons. They were dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? They were dead and she's in there. She's there. She put up a tent. I'm not sure where she got the material. But night and day, she was out there. Are you with me? Jesus told us, in, Jesus told us, I'm moving too fast. The scripture is running through my mind. Jesus told us in Mark chapter 4 that the birds are evil spirits. In the parable of the sower, you remember the sower and the seed. I'm trying to show you the parallels given to us. Are you with me since? Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus said that when the sower sowed the seed, the birds came to pluck it up. The birds are representative of the devil. And when the buzzards came out, she was weak. <laughs> Nobody brought her water. Mm? Maybe a family did. We are not told so. Mm? To last out there in the wilderness for nine months. No air condition. We know somebody helped her. But at the very same time, we know she must have been weak to be out there in the sun day and night. Hmm? When you hear the buzzards, when you hear the fluttering of the buzzards, she came out with a stick, drunk, but because she's weak and she's trying her best. You will not dishonor my son. It doesn't matter how weak I am. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to do what I can do in my strength and I know God will do the rest. Mothers, I'm asking you, will you do that for your kids? We have an epidemic. The epidemic we are facing now is, uh, according to statistics, when son, our sons and daughters reach the age of 16, 17, and they graduate from high school, they depart from the faith entirely. Not just stop going to church. They don't believe in Jesus anymore. 75% of those, you think about it. And so I'm saying, we have work to do. We have to sit with our kids and tell them about the Lord. Amen. They're on that, uh, that device. They, you know what they have in the ears now? Every, they, everything is in their ear. They have a phone. They have Bluetooth. Thank you. And you do not know how many F-bombs they're hearing. Are you with me? I thank God that my wife said a long time ago, Emmanuel, when he gets his phone, mm, he has to take his phone and put it on the counter and she has to go through it. Praise the Lord. And if she misses anything while they are, while they are asleep, I go through it. Praise the Lord. I know some of you saying, why do they do that? I'm, I'm looking, I look, I'm looking, I'm looking for a buzzard. Yeah, I'm looking for an evil spirit. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Talking about, well, they are grown. Why should I, why should I intrude in their privacy? If they're in the house, they have no privacy. <laughs> Mothers, I'm, I'm, I'm beckoning to you. I know a pastor, and let me, let me show you the importance of a praying mother. I know a pastor who was molested at the age of seven, over and over again, molested. He had a praying mother, and, and, and statistics says, when you are molested, you, have a, you develop a natural proclivity to men. You hear me? Some of you don't be quiet, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, mean, I know people who said, listen, I know people who told me, pastor, my mother knew. My mother knew I was molested and she did nothing. They tell me so. They talk so, so listen to me carefully. Yeah, hear, hear me carefully. The man was molested. You, and his mother, his mother would come at night while he's asleep and pray on his head. The oil from my hands. Roko Basando. Some of you don't like speaking in tongues. I pity you. Yeah, I pity you. 
He said, he said, mommy would come at night and she would be praying for me. And he said, I would feel the oil on my head. And he said, somewhere, somehow, I just knew everything would be all right. Everything would be all right. He, he, I, I know him. I have his telephone number. He's, <laughs> you hear me? He said, according to statistics, he should have a natural proclivity to men, but he's married with two wonderful kids. All of them are in ministry. All of them are in ministry. And mothers, if you have, if, if you have challenges, get yourself a good Christian counselor. I didn't see an unsafe counselor. A counselor who stands on the rock. Yeah. If you don't have it, or you're just starting now, if you're going to start after this sermon, you know you can start being whisper as of today. <laughs> Amen. As of today, you can decide, I'm whisper. When I leave here, I'm going to take care of business. Call my kids, look, I messed up, I messed up, but today I got you. As of today, I got you. Eyeball them and tell them what you expect. Kiss them, hug them. Show them love. Why do we have to communicate with our children with so much anger? Sit down. Be quiet. Stop that. Why can't you be kind and tender hearted? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving. Why can't you do that to the kids? Why do we have to be rough with them every time like it's a bulldog? They are human beings and they grow and never forget. You hear me? I, I know I speak with them. Never forget and they got it coming for you. If you want to be rough with them every second, every moment, or they got it coming for you, what you sow, you shall surely rip. You know, I, is it 25 minutes already? Can we continue quickly? Quickly. I'm sorry, saints, to be so passionate about this here because I speak to kids. I ask them. I talk to them. And they speak to me and my heart breaks when I hear what's going on. And we can do better. We can do better. Today, let's start doing better. Are you getting what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? Let us start doing better. I know parents and kids who are now, they have fractured relationships. They are not calling their parents. And they wouldn't think of calling their parents because that hurt, that anger. It's still there. It has never been dealt with. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Let's continue. Let's continue. It says here, and how long did she stay on the rock? It says here, and suffered neither the birds, evil spirits. Birds are what? When Jesus spoke to us in Mark chapter 4, he said the birds who came to pluck up the seed were evil spirits. Evil spirits are trying to take hold of our kids. Are you with me? And they come every other way. In school, at work. <laughs> you know in school, children teach children in school. Kids teaching. Not the, the teachers are not the only one teaching. Children are teaching children. You know? <laughs> yes. And so when we pick them up, you have to ask what happened. What transpired? Not in the classroom, but among the friends. So you'll know what to pray about. 
the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. At night, Alan, foxes came out, lions came out. Everything came out to eat the flesh of her children, but she came out swinging. She, not my son, not today. He's getting a proper burial. He will be honored. Putting a life in danger. And I think about how much more should we do that for our kids who are alive? Think about it. How much more? You can change the trajectory of your kid's life. You can. You, God has given you that power. This is what God told me to tell you. I was meditating on this last night. And the Lord told me to tell you, the kids you have are his kids. He loaned you. <laughs> this, these are his kids. He just used you to bring them here. These are his kids. So do them right. I said, that's wonderful. He's more invested in them and their future than you are. They were born for a reason. And that's why the Bible says, thank you, I have that verse below, I'm going to do it. The Bible says, train up a child. And let me tell you what train means. You know, sometimes we hear train and we think, well, it's putting them in, in a route to do something. The word train is an Old Testament word. It means, and you hear me carefully, it means to create a desire in for. You hear me? So the way you live your life is going to create a desire for God or not in your kids. That's what trend means. Are you getting what I'm saying? Say, you hear me? So when you leave anyhow, say anything in the presence of your kids. You are trending. <laughs> hey, glory be to Jesus. Men, I must be preaching to a Presbyterian church. <laughs> First, you know, frozen truth. I must be. Or maybe I hope what I'm saying is resonating with you. I hope so, saints. Because that's the reason why I'm so passionate about it. I am who I am. Today, the husband that I am to my wife, the father I am to my son, because I had a praying mother. Yeah, because I had a praying mother. <laughs> Many of you can attest to that. Because we had praying mothers. I tell you... I had graduated from elementary school and where I'm from is either you become a farmer or you become a truck driver. Nothing wrong with a farmer or truck driver. Are you with me? But my mother, when my dad said to me, well, son, you're about to graduate. And uh, you know that father, that father's son's talk. He said, you're about to graduate. Forget about high school. We don't do that in the family. Yeah. And my mother stepped in. She's never called my dad, sir. She stepped in. She said, sir, <laughs> this is my firstborn. And she said, sir, can you allow me at least to try to get him to high school? And he looked at her and he said, well, try it. I know who we have got no money. And immediately she went into deep intercessory prayer like whisper. And miraculously, the money showed up every time. Miraculously, the money showed up every time miraculously that's why i say that's why i know i agree with abraham lincoln his abraham lincoln he said he said i quoted it earlier you remember what i said he said no no uh, no he said oh god i have it somewhere all that i am 
or will ever be. I owe to my angel mother. That's what he said. Today, brothers and sisters, I'm asking you. Can you, mothers, can we come together and start fighting for our children? They need it. They're surrounded by so much out there. I tried listening to one of the stations the kids listened to. I said I tried. And just, just been curious. One F-bomb after the other. Ten seconds I feel so dirty. And they hear it over and over and over and over again. And then they come to church for 25 to 30 minutes. And, and tell them nothing at the house. And we expect them to be godly children. I had to lay my hands on my ears and said, you didn't hear that. The devil is out there trying to get our kids. That's what I'm saying. He's out there trying to get our kids. You know what saddened me? I'll tell you what saddened me. My wife showed me last week an article in Tallahassee. Uh, a young man, educated. Prof professor, pro he's a professor at Farmio. And he was arrested. And, um, and, uh, and for molesting a little boy. And um, my wife knew him, good friends. They worked together. And the tears came from my eyes. Because he's a, he's a nice individual. Very kind, very polite. You'd never say that. And I asked myself, what happened? It doesn't matter how, how much how educated you are. Are you with me? It doesn't matter how recognized you are. He was a leader in the Christian community. Everybody knew him. He had uh, uh, CDs out there. And I asked myself, what happened? And I, say, I asked myself, where is his mother? Where is Rispa? We need Rispas today. And it broke my heart. I began to cry. Because, uh, because this is somebody, the world, the world said he would have a natural proclivity after being uh, uh, molested. You know, when we got this building, when we got this building, I questioned why is access to the male restroom in the sanctuary and access to the female is out of the sanctuary? Look right here, brothers. And I asked the owners and they said to me, it's to avoid molesting young boys. I said, hold on. I said, hold on. You are protecting the young boys and you leave the, lady, the young ladies out there? This is where we are today. And you know something? Nobody speaks about it. It's quiet. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. And be prosperous and so on. And we go home and die. Let me tell you, there is help. You don't have, listen to me, there is help. You don't have to go down that way. If you're looking at me, there is help. You don't have to go down that way. The Bible says in, in Psalms 19 verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. The law refers to God's word. What it does, it converts the soul. The word convert means to restore to its original value. Uh, I'm trying to make a point here. So if you have a child who's been molested, you, hear, you, you get what I'm saying? What you have to do is apply the word and the word will restore. I, I, I know. Uh, I, I, <laughs> thank you for the sporadic clapping. But I, I know most people don't believe in that. People feel, oh, you need a psychiatrist, you need a psychologist. I have no problems with that. I'm just saying what the word says. 
The word says God can restore you to your original value. And it will work for you if you believe it. That's what the word says. If you believe it, that's what the word says. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, you hear me? It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And God's word in the hand of the Holy Ghost will do more for you than a scapula in the hands of a doctor. Ah, <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? But you know, today we've gotten so sophisticated. So sophisticated. We no longer need God's word. We got doctors and so on and so forth. Wait until, thank you, therapists. Wait until they tell you go home and die. Yeah. Mothers, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Like Rispa. Mm. Open your arms to your kids. Whether they are grown or not. Whether they're in the house or not. And start fighting for them. Come out like Rispa. Come out swinging. With prayer. Come out swinging. With fasting. Come out swinging. Speaking God's word. <laughs> Jesus is on his way. To get the church. You want to be there with all your kids. Your entire family. So now is the time to fight. I'm bringing this to a close. It says here. It says here. Can you go back to our text? Thank you. They go back to our, let, me, let me bring this to a close. 2 Samuel chapter 21. Thank you so much. It says here. Day and night. Can you go verse 11? Verse 11. And I'm going to bring it to an end. Verse 11. And it was told David. It was told the king of Rispa's sacrifice. <laughs> king David was the one who did it first of all. Hmm? He didn't know that Rispa was out there for eight months. Let me share this with you. Eight months. How long does a babe stay in a mother's? Eight to nine, thank you so much. Eight to nine months. Nine months. She was birthing something. <laughs> she was out there birthing something. That is what mothers have to start doing for their kids. Don't let society tell you what you can and cannot do for your kids. Don't let society tell you that your kids are jacked up because they've been through a certain experience. The devil is a liar. You got oil, you got the word, you go to the scripture and you find out what the scripture says about your child's problem. That's, that's what you do. Are you getting me brothers and sisters? You go to the Bible, Google what does the Bible says about, about what? Just do it, just Google it and it will bring up a bunch of scriptures for you. Okay, you, and then you say, okay, this is the one I'm standing on for the next nine months. I'm Rispa. I'm standing on that rock for the next nine months. Uh, I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you involved in intercessory prayer. Are you with me? That is what I'm standing on for the next nine months for my son, for my daughter. Are you with me, sense? <laughs> and you memorize it so it becomes part of you. You write it on your heart. It becomes part of your system. 
so you don't need a book when you're praying it are you with me and very soon the king Jesus <laughs> will hear of your sacrifice heaven will be moved and touched an angel will say Lord have you seen for the last nine months he or she mother this was birthing something for their daughter and the Lord will say yes and the Bible said listen to me very carefully when David heard it David came himself he didn't send somebody are you with me the Lord will come himself yeah he'll come himself and deliver your child I've seen it over and over and over again and not only was the child delivered but the not only did Rispa's son got a good burial but rain came everybody was blessed what a blessing that's why he said initially society is missing or ignoring the positive impact of mothers we have a crisis transgender kids are confused am I male am I female at the chromosome level at the DNA level we know who you are even if your mind is confused the devil is a liar and people are quiet about it he's going he's, he's going and then there's a cross migration a migration from male to female yeah yeah and we sit here anyhow <laughs> well let me move on here that's what we are faced with my, I drive my little boy from school every day there's a reason why my wife go pick him up we don't we can put him on the bus but we go pick him up because I need to talk to him on my way home I need to know what's going on and I take a it's the slowest drive <laughs> slowest drive that I take slowest so we can talk I take a back road because I'm looking for a buzzard oh my eyes open for these buzzards we are looking for a buzzard to deal with them are you with me to deal with them because these evil spirits they are coming they are coming thank you Holy Ghost one more point and I'm gonna bring it to close sorry preachers usually say you have to forgive preachers because they usually have seven eight closings it's because of what God is doing you know God just whispered to me the harvest is the harvest refers to the end time the harvesting of souls we are close to the end times so the demons are coming out are you getting what I'm they are coming out and that's why you have to be like whisper come out swinging <laughs> not my daughter not my son sobroko tara handobro not today not tomorrow not ever you got to go through me to get to them and you're not going through me please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today knowing that the christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. 
Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.